people often ask me where they can attend a same-side selling immersion program, and usually I don't offer them publicly. But I do have them coming up on March 31st in Dallas. The one in Scottsdale for February 28th is already sold out, but March 31st in Dallas. So visit ianaltman.com for more details. I hope to see you there. This week, I'm joined by my good friend, Ann Handley. Now, Ann is the chief content officer at Marketing Profs. Forbes has referred to her as the most influential woman in social media. And she's just absolutely a wealth of knowledge when it comes to marketing, digital marketing, and how to make your brand stand out. At Marketing Profs, they provide training and guidance to really help shape what makes for effective marketing. We'll talk about some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to marketing and the skills they impart on their staff. We'll talk about how you should think about marketing to really make an impact, why going viral probably is a bad idea, and I'm not just talking about some sort of disease you might get, and we'll talk about the notion of pathological empathy. Anne is a wealth of knowledge. You're going to learn a ton from my good friend, Anne Handley. Anne Handley, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. I'm happy to be here. You have amazing expertise and experience in helping people become way more effective in their marketing communications. Um, I was going to say in North America, but pretty much on the planet. And as somebody who runs an event every year, your B2B marketing forum, what's this, year 11 coming up? Yes, it is. So there's a lot of things that I'm sure you see. So what are the big, before we get into what people should be doing, what are the big kind of traps or snafus or mistakes that you see organizations do that kind of helps them, instead of advancing forward, might move them backwards? So first of all, thank you. Uh, that's a, a really a generous, um, generous setup to a question. But yeah, I see mistakes all the time that companies make. I also see, you know, on the other spectrum, great marketing, you know, great growth opportunities for businesses that they are truly embracing, taking advantage of. And so I spend a lot of time wondering, what is that middle part? Like, what's what's the difference between a company that is really not growing and a company that is? And I think a lot of it comes down to innovation. Um, a lot of it comes down to not using a playbook for every part of your business, but instead really approaching things creatively. And I think that's true whether it's business opportunities, business growth, you know, always looking for those opportunities. Um, but it also applies to marketing as well. You know, are you always looking to just follow a template or are you really looking for opportunities to create marketing that doesn't feel like marketing, as I always uh, talk about? Um, my friend Tom Fishburne has a great quote and he says, the best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. And I think that's so true. It doesn't feel like marketing. Instead, it feels like something that people value, that people want. Um, so very often in my mind, that's where the that's what it comes down to, that disconnect between you know, what we think of as marketing or what we're putting out there as marketing and instead, you know, of, of creating things that people value, that they really want, that does break through. I, I love that idea of marketing that doesn't feel like marketing. Um, so so what, are, what are some of the stereotypical, and I know you're going to mention things that probably people are going to, you know, have that, you know, palm on the head moment. 
where <laughs> what are, what are some of the stereotypical things that you see people do that you think yeah that worked once but you can't do the same thing that a hundred hundred people have done before you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just this morning on Twitter, I shared a story about that famous, you can't dunk in the, or you can still dunk in the dark Oreo moment uh, um, mm-hmm. from what was that, 2013, I think at this point, 2012, 2013, Super Bowl. Um, and so since we're, we're recording this just prior to Super Bowl weekend, um, you know, that popped up on my newsfeed and it was the backstory on how that happened. Um, so that's sort of the classic example, I think, of what people try to replicate, you know, after that moment the following year at the Super Bowl and at every major event since then, you know, the Oscars, the Tonys, the Grammys, all these situations, um, you know, there were brands that tried to hop onto that to create that sort of, you know, in the moment marketing. Um, and so I think that sort of me too philosophy never really works. You know, that moment worked because it worked for Oreo and that special moment in time. Um, but, you know, that's not something that I think, you know, any brand can can replicate. Um, and so there are lessons that we could tease from that. But I think as as brands, the most effective thing you can do as companies, the most effective thing you can do is is to throw out those templates, right? Throw out the playbook and instead, you know, invent invent your own path. Yep. Now, now you say this notion of throwing out the playbook, invent your own path, which it's probably easier said than done because, of course, what people are probably wondering is, look, isn't there just like a series of if I do these three things, then, wow, our marketing is going to take off. In fact, if I do these five things, then my content will go viral because, you know, there's obviously people selling that like snake oil that, oh, here's a magical formula that will make something go viral. And I think, you know, with the exception of, certain sexually transmitted diseases, very few things go viral. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, so how should people look at this differently with an eye towards innovation and creativity? Well, for the first, you know, first thing is, um, I don't think you want viral. And, and for the most part, it's useless. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of companies think that viral is great, but to what end? You know, so in my mind, if it's not connected to something that's going to drive action in the consumer, then, you know, what's the point of it? So I don't think that viral is anything that you, that a brand should ever aspire to. If it happens, it's a happy accident. It's a PR play in my mind, but it's never anything that a company should, you know, actively pursue because in, in, you know, I don't think that's a that's a worthwhile endeavor. First of all, you, you really can't manufacture it, number one. But secondly, I think it's of questionable value. Um, so how I guess the question is, you know, how do you how do you sort of nurture innovation? And I think you you said the word it's creativity. Um, so I think about marketing as part art. So I guess maybe it's it's marketing marketing plus is marketing is is art plus intent is the way that I think about it. I'm probably not the first person to say that. I probably stole that quote from somebody and have long stripped off the original source in my mind. But that's how I think about it. It's art plus intent. So creativity is key. It's a big piece of that. Um, The willingness to take some risks in your marketing, I think, is also key. And inherent in that is really knowing who your audience is, know who you're selling to, as opposed to trying to sell to everybody. I think it makes those decisions a little bit easier to take. And you can also marry creativity with that because you know who your customer is. You know you know what makes them tick. You know what they'll value, what they'll love, and what they'll hate. And so that's really key. The other piece of it is intent. What are you trying to drive? What do you want them to do? So I think if you answer those those two 
buckets, right? If, if you address those two buckets, you'll create some, some great marketing. You'll, great, you'll create some great moments. So what are, what are some of the keys to, to that? So if I'm, if I'm trying to come up with effective marketing, and one of the things I often tell people is, look, first you have to understand what are those drivers, what are those catalysts for people making a change for what you have? What are the symptoms they might be experiencing, if you will, that warrants a need for what it is that you do? So what are some of the strategies that you teach people on how to uncover that information so their marketing starts off with better results rather than like a lot of organizations, they spend a lot of money on marketing and it didn't move the needle at all? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think the first thing is is to really to grab that insight within, you know – from your of your from about your audience know who you're talking to so really have a clear sense that goes beyond just sort of you know a profile of a customer but really you, you build a sort of rich idea of of what their problems are what their pain is what burdens you can help them shoulder so i think you know the first thing is to really think about who is it that you're selling to really know your audience very well a lot of companies have a sort of vague notion about who it is that they're actually selling to and so when they try to market to those people you know they're marketing to demographics and that's not going to produce great results. You've got to have a richer understanding of, of who those people are, what motivates them, you know, as you just said, you know, what will really make a difference to them, and then how can your product or service plug into their problems to help them shoulder those burdens? Um, so I think that's number one, is really thinking about your customer at a richer, deeper level, really knowing them and constantly iterating on that, right? So constantly, you know, questioning, are we doing, you know, all that we could? Do we know them as as well as we think we do? Constantly talking to them, surveying them, asking them, meeting them, developing, you know, pathological empathy, I think is, is key to really knowing that the marketing that you're producing is, is resonating with them. Of pathological empathy. Yeah, well, it's like on a next level empathy, isn't it? It's not just this sort of, you know, we feel this sort of empathetic toward our customers. No, it's not that. I think you've <laughs> got to go next level. You've got to go deeper. You've got to almost be obsessed, you know, with your customers. And all the businesses that I talk to who have successful um, marketing, who are actually using marketing to, to drive business, who are actually growing their companies, are are obsessed. They're pathologically empathetic toward their customers, and they're obsessed with them. I love that, I love that concept. And one of the one of the things that I often suggest to people is I say, look, you want to think about the problems that you solve for your clients, and then what you want to do is you want to reach out to a handful of recent clients and say, hey, here's the way we were thinking about describing the problems we solve. What do you think? Mm. And, and I often say to them, I said, and your job is not to convince them that you're right. Your job is to find out if these, if the way you've described these resonates. And if the client says, mm, not really, but if you change this one word, then it would. Your job is not to then argue with them about why they're wrong because – Unless you're going to be your own client, it doesn't matter what you think. All that matters is what they would think. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely true. I think that requires your willingness to be a little bit vulnerable, um, to have people say that that is great or that is not so great, and, and here's why. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe there's some business owners or, or marketers or, or um 
or entrepreneurs who are a little bit uncomfortable with that. But I mean, I think that's a that's a perfect example of getting to know people, getting feedback and actually asking them, you know, is this something that resonates with you or not? Now, and let me let me ask you this, because if this is the 11th time that you guys are hosting the B2B marketing forum, then undoubtedly there are some things that you see that haven't changed much, and there are probably some things that you've seen that have changed quite a bit in the world of marketing. So can you talk a little bit about those two areas? That question makes me feel old, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) So originally when you chiseled things onto stone, Ian. Back in my day. (laughs) You know what? Just think about it. In 11 years, 11 years is not that long. I mean, because anybody who doesn't know, you know, Ian's 21. And... um, No, but but really, I mean, by the way, it does make us feel old. I it's know, like I had someone so the other true. day say, so when you started working with technology, that was there really something that they call it the mainframe? And I just wanted to hit them, <laughs> but instead, instead, I continued the conversation. But but really, I mean, what's what what have you seen that's changed, and what's and what stayed the same over the last ten years or so? Yeah, quick quick side story. So um, at last year at our B two B marketing forum, it was our it was our tenth anniversary, which is kind of a big deal, you know. So we wanted to celebrate the um, the ten years that we'd been hosting this uh, business to business event. And so in my opening talk to the the conference last year, I showed a slide of our quote-unquote, first sponsors. It was a joke, right? <laughs> but the sponsors I had on there were Netscape, Palm Pilot, and Napster. <laughs> and only half the audience laughed. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, well, we think it's funny because we were around back then. I thought it was hilarious. And half the audience was completely confused. Like, really? That's interesting that Netscape was a sponsor back then. I was like, guys, it's a joke. So when you have to explain the joke, you know you, ha- you know that you haven't quite hit your audience correctly. <laughs> and for all my talk about knowing your audience, right, it was sort of an embarrassing moment for me personally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that uh, that has changed. But, you know, honestly, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't, too. I mean, the technology has advanced absolutely, as we as we both see. Um, the number of tools out there that we have to reach our customers to speak with them has changed. But I still fundamentally believe that the basics of marketing are still completely relevant and more needed than ever. Um, because I think the tendency is to get caught up in the new technology and to forget that the root of great marketing is that pathological empathy that is is um, is driving you know great messaging, great marketing, and great moments still. So in my mind, that has not changed. Although the tools and the technology and and the processes have definitely you know shifted and advanced. Yeah. So so part of it, I guess, is that the the transparency that we have, the ability to now have one-to-many and and often one-to-one type communication with people and track when they opened it and from where and who else they shared it with and all that detail. I think sometimes what happens is organizations, when they're looking to develop a marketing organization, what they say is, oh, I need somebody who's great at HubSpot or somebody who's great at Infusionsoft or someone who's great at this tool or Marketo or, you know, pick Mm -hmm. a tool and they forget that the tool is just the communication vehicle. The marketing is more the messaging. Right. Right. So, right. So, so with, it, with, with this shift in the world for millennials, 
now becoming the largest part of the workforce, um, oftentimes what I see is an organization that says, oh, here's someone who's really sharp, and they, they've got some experience with this marketing automation tool. So I'm now going to bring them in and tell them to run a campaign, and of course they don't get results. Right. So, so why is that, that they can't just go pick somebody up who appears to understand the technology? And then how do you overcome something like that? Yeah, so I think that's absolutely true. I don't think that marketing is about the technology alone. I think the technology is a tool that marketers can use, that businesses can use to connect with customers. Um, but there is this misconception that people think it's always about the technology. They think it's about the optimization and the algorithm, you know, but I think you can market yourself into a corner if you rely on those things because that's not fundamentally what's going to drive your marketing. Um, so the solution to that is to really educate yourself on, well, what are the fundamentals of marketing? Um, you know, at Marketing Profs, we have this joke, which is tied to, you know, the, the, um, the Google adage, you know, let me Google that for you, right? When someone yeah. asks a stupid question. And so we have a, a saying at Marketing Profs, let me Marketing Profs that for you. <laughs> because we've been in business for 16 years and we have some fundamentals of marketing going way back 16 years ago that are still highly relevant today that a lot of marketers, um, a lot of businesses could really could really use. So, you know, just having a sense of, of um, a strategy, for example, looking at your strategy and then tying it to your your um, your sales conversion path going forward. Um, just super simple things like that. I mean, I say simple, but simple in the sense that they're easy to explain. They're hard to implement, but I think the first step is is educating yourself on the fundamentals of marketing strategy and understanding why marketing is so important. I still believe that great marketing is the difference between, or great marketing and products. So those two things together are also the difference between, you know, a company that, that grows and does great things and, and that doesn't. So, um, you know, you've got to have the product and then you've got to tell that story around it. And that needs to be rooted in, in the strategy going forward. But it also has to do with, um, you know, just uh, understanding how content plays into that, learning how to write, learning how to communicate, learning how to speak, and, and to be able to articulate your ideas and concepts both internally, you know, up the food chain, so to speak, as well as externally to your audience. All of those things, I think, are so important to be a, a well-rounded, effective, effective marketer. Um, I love it. Now... One of the things that, that I, I wrote about recently in my uh, my annual trends article is the notion that millennials will become the largest segment of the workforce this year. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what I see is that notion that someone says, oh, I just hired this person and now go off and run with this. So, so you mentioned this idea of strategy, um, understanding how the sales strategy is going to feed into sales conversion, how to effectively communicate – so what are some of the things that an organization can do? If there's a CEO listening to this, if there's someone who's a head of sales and marketing, what are some of the things that oftentimes they might overlook and what are the necessary skills we need to arm these people with so they can succeed? So in terms of what they might overlook, I mean, I think it's important to understand 
where to get great information, where to great, get great education for your marketers. Um, and I'm going to sound a little bit like a, like a sales pitch, but I'm really not. I mean, Marketing Profs offers education for marketers. You know, we sort of think of ourselves as the, the place where marketers come to fill in those skills gaps that they have and to, and to level up. Um, so certainly, you know, just, just getting yourself educated, understanding the fundamentals of marketing, number one, um, and then just understanding the real tactical pieces of, of great marketing. So things like storytelling and content and writing and, um, and the, the sort of art and science of, of generating leads. All the other stuff, the tools, you know, the marketing automation, um, the account-based marketing, any of the other tools that you might use, you know, are, are tools that you can layer on top of that. But I do believe that you need a sort of arsenal of, of basic skills to be an effective marketer. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. I've, I've seen organizations who are incredibly effective with great messaging and a person managing it with post-it notes and a spreadsheet. <laughs> and sending stuff out. And then I see organizations that have invested in the best marketing automation platforms on the planet. And they're like, you know, two north ends, two north ends of a magnet where they just repel clients because they piss people off. And there's a, <laughs> there's, there's a segment that I do um, every six weeks or so with a buddy of mine, Bob London, that we call stupid marketing. And literally, we just go through our inboxes and we read marketing messages that we received that are so bad that, like, you couldn't even make this stuff up. It's just that bad in how their messaging is. And I'm thinking to myself, so somebody is tracking this and has all the analytics. So they have to know that they suck at this point. <laughs> but, you know, if you have, if you have the right message – if you if you know how to effectively communicate, if you know what attracts people and what doesn't, then the marketing automation can amplify a good message and it probably can also amplify a bad message. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think a key strategy that a marketer can have is a sense of curiosity or, or maybe a key attribute is a better word for that. So a sense of curiosity, you know, always be asking the questions. I think the biggest thing that a marketer can do, or one of the biggest things that a marketer can do is just to be that sounding board for the organization. You know, you've got a CEO or you've got some other C-suite person who's, you know, all in on some particular thing, you know, some particular um, message that they want to put out there or some particular program that they want to push through, you know, from a marketing point of view. And I think if the marketer can, be that individual can be that voice saying you know wait a second what <laughs> you know like a wait what kind of moment um i think that's a really key it's a really key thing that i think a marketer needs to do just within the organization is just to ask that question you know wait a second what are we actually doing here um it's sort of a classic question that i think can ultimately lead to the kind of clarification that is so necessary in in organizations right now um and I think it's a good question to ask in, in life in general, right, before you draw a conclusion or before you make a decision, because the, the notion of inquiry over advocacy is often missing within organizations. And I hope to empower marketers to actually be that voice, you know, to actually highlight that wait, what moment, right? Um, <laughs> to, to sort of just poke holes, to ask the question, you know, should we be doing this? Is this the best approach? Will this sustain us long term? Does this make sense? So being that voice that, that asks sort of, you know, wait, what? I think is really key. 
Yeah. And do you have a story or two? You, you, you mentioned before that you think it's critical that, uh, that good marketers think in an innovative way and are willing to take risks. Do you, do you have an example or two of something that either you've done or that a client's done where they took a risk? And candidly, it might have been successful. It might not. But I think it will give people some, some ideas of where they might want to look for solutions. So I'll share a story. It's super tactical, um, but it was something that happened to me recently. So it's sort of a, it's a personal story. So, um, you know, we were talking just in in um, in brief before we started recording this today about our dogs, right? And I'm I'm pretty passionate about my animals, about especially about my dog. Um, you know, she is uh, she is just my love, right? And and if you are my friend in real life, or if you follow me on social, you've probably seen a photo of her. So one of my favorite companies that's come on my radar recently is BarkBox. Do you know BarkBox? I do. Fantastic marketing. But so much of what they do really makes me feel like they get me at a cellular level. Um, and most recently, something came in through my inbox, and it was a um, an email purported, you know, that was from them, you know, purportedly to sell me supplements, like pet supplements. But the way that they crafted this email and the way that they wrote it resonated with me so hard that it was so impressive to me that I ended up calling up BarkBox and having a conversation with their marketing team about it because I loved it so much. I mean, I took that next step because I'm one of those marketing geeks who was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. So on one level, I'm like all in as a pet owner. And on another level, I'm all in as a marketer. Right? So, so, what, so what did they do? Because I'm sure people so, right now are saying, what did they do? What did they do? So what they did was it was a, essentially it was a, an email that went out to their list and it showed these sort of personas of various dogs. And there was this one dog, Carl. It was this pug that was sort of graying around um, his muzzle, and it, and it was a simple profile of Carl. It said, Carl, 72, orders lentil soup on warm summer days, uh, lies about doing his exercises to his wife, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it was giving these sort of human attributes to this animal. I happen to have an aging dog, and I looked at Carl, and I was like, oh, my God, like, that is my dog. And it was just such a great moment of, I don't know, connectivity of me with this brand. Now, if you're not nuts about dogs like I am, you would look at that and you would go, that is such a stupid piece of marketing. I mean, they're sort of giving these human attributes to Carl. But the fact is that they weren't speaking to just everybody. They were speaking to the BarkBox customer who is obsessed with their dog, right? And so that's an example, I think, of taking a risk that seems so silly with most of the population, but it completely works with somebody like me who is just crazy about dogs, right? So I think that's that's what I'm talking about when I talk about pathological empathy. Do you really know, like, who your customer is and what really moves and motivates them. Um, And that's all it is. Like, I I don't think it's any more complicated than that. Yeah. Well, you know what? And and I think, I mean, what I love about, about BarkBox is you go to their homepage and it's congratulations, you're a dog person. Mm -hmm. And by the way, they could have been pet box and tried to be more generic and apply to everything, but they didn't. And, um, and to your point, they, they conveyed a message that got you to say, hey, that's me. Right. And right. I think that so many people miss that, that, you know, it's like when, when I talk to organizations, I would say to them, I said, look, your job is to send something 
that when someone reads it, they say, wow, that's just like me. That's exactly the conversation we just had. They get me. The, the goal is not that someone reads it and says, I have to buy this. It's you've piqued my curiosity. I want to learn more. That, to me, is the goal of effective marketing. And then you'd start to take them on their journey from that point forward. And I think too often people get lazy and they think they're somehow going to conv- convince these people after they've seen one one impression that they need to spend all of their life savings with your company. And it just doesn't work that way. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it goes back to what I what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, which is that the best marketing doesn't feel like marketing. I mean, that was a marketing message from BarkBox. Carl was tagged to a joint supplement that I needed for my aging dog. And guess what, by the way, after I talked to, well, actually, actually before I talked to marketing, before I actually reached out to marketing, I also bought that joint supplement because I was like, that is my dog. So yes, that's absolutely true. Um, So it didn't feel like marketing, even though it obviously was. That's what I mean by looking at marketing as a as a sort of formula of art plus intent you know without the intent that would have just been a clever email it would have just been clever messaging but because it was so beautifully tied to some action that they wanted me to take and that they knew I would be motivated by Carl because I saw myself in that I saw my dog in that um you know it worked and so I think if you think about it not just as as creating marketing that's sort of clever or funny or clever by half, as I always say. But instead, it's actually art plus intent. I think it makes so much sense if you think about approaching it that way. Um, and how do you innovate on that? It's, it, to me, it comes down to knowing your audience, knowing your customer. Yep. And having your people with the right skills so they can get there. So, um, And what's the, what's the best way for people to learn more about you, Marketing Profs, and the B2B Marketing Forum? Sure. So um, you can go to marketingprofs.com. We have a daily email that goes out. If you want to learn more about the B2B Marketing Forum, which takes place in Boston in October, and hopefully Ian will be there um, as well, uh, you can go to mpb2b.marketingprofs.com. Yep. And these will all be in the show notes, so people don't need to worry about driving into a tree while they capture this stuff. You can always go back into the show notes and, uh, and, and get that information. So, Anne, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. I know I've taken a ton of notes. And as always, I will wrap up a brief summary for our audience. But thanks for playing. Thanks for having me. There's so much great content that Anne Handley shared with us. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key things I think you can take away and use for your business right away. First, Viral is useless if it doesn't drive value. Remember, marketing is art plus intent. And ultimately, what you need to think about is not how to do things like other people, but instead, how can you take risks, grab the audience insight, and demonstrate pathological empathy so your customers think, wow, they get me, and I believe the same things they believe. I want to thank those of you who take the time to subscribe and share this with your friends and colleagues. It really makes a big difference. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show, if there's someone you believe is almost as talented as Anne, or a concept or a topic you want me to cover, just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer.